Welcome to the Too Much Dip Podcast. My name is Dave. I'm going to host. I'm going to run the board in the studio with me. As always, it's Dylan Shivery. Uh, Dave, I'm just worried about how you're feeling after eating a sandwich that was the same size as your torso just now for lunch. I think it was the biggest sandwich I've ever seen in my life. Can I give a little background on the sandwich? Please. Give me, you know, let me intro KJ live from Madison, Wisconsin, where they don't donate money. It's KJ. <laughs> okay. Dude, that's so true, though. <laughs> I'm savage like that, dude. Fair, fair, but I feel like uh, we're we're smart enough here in the Madison Dane County area, southeastern, south central Wisconsin in general, that uh, people saw the hate that Seattle was getting early on, and they're like, you know what? Why don't we just go oppo on it? Uh, let's you know slow at the end, and uh, we've we've got a full month. Nothing uh, more appropriately appropriate than being fashionably late in the month of February. Are you just waiting to see how much it's going to take to come over the top at the end and just push Madison to the winner? That's the best way to win a uh, bid, is it not? We're still waiting on yours to come through, man. It's the best way to win your uh, win your child back, apparently, as you uh, <laughs> pursue a career of truck driving and competing in arm wrestling. Ah, over was, the is this over the top? <laughs> Dude, that movie was so good. So good. Is so good. Randy's here too. What's up, Randy? Hey guys, I had a great All time right. watching the Super Bowl okay. by myself. All right. Oh, that's sad. If you man. may know anything about okay. the Nickelodeon broadcast, I can let you know about the first five minutes. We may have you we may have you on. I think we got a Super Bowl well, seg. You yeah, think you have a Super Bowl seg? 30% today? of that. But before we get to that, I gotta talk about this fucking sandwich, man. Dude. Dude. So there's a 7-Eleven down uh, Lamar. Down and Lamar way. It's our favorite. It's probably, I know it's Will and I's favorite gas station. Um, it's probably not how you say it. I don't know about Dylan, but I know Dylan likes the gas station. It's good. It's a good gas station. And they've got a little deli in there. They've apparently got top-tier pizza, which I have not had, but they ha- usually have um, a lady in there making wraps um, and also pre-made sandwiches. I was normally, like I normally get, say again? Oh, she's just freestyling. You think it's written? Yeah, it's some real bee rabbit shit. She just she'll battle you <laughs> as you walk in. She just roasts your fits. It's dude, it's, it's savage. Um. So anyway, I go, <laughs> I walk over to the pre-maids, and all the pre-maids have a you know a best buy or must eat buy or must sell buy, and they were all like tomorrow, which I'm like, oh, mm. you know, that's don't really want to do that. Maybe she can take one of these wraps and instead of putting it in a wrap, she could just put those ingredients on a, some sourdough bread. I'm on my sourdough shit lately. And she could. And it was very huge. And it was two pieces of large sourdough bread. And um, I got here and I didn't realize how big it was till I pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough, tough wording. But Dylan walks by and he's like, Jesus, dude. Like, what the fuck's that sandwich? And I was like, I don't know. And so I ate it. I ate probably half of it and then I dismantled the sandwich. I took it apart and just ate the the innards and left the uh, most of the sourdough bread. Um so that's that's what I did. That's that explains what happened there. And that's why I was a little late to get on the show this morning this afternoon. It's in my gut now. breading. I was on my bread shit. I feel you. I mean, we we've uh we've talked in the past of our affinity for Slotsky's uh Austin Eatery. Uh, and how their sandwiches can uh, resemble a manhole cover with meat in the middle. Um, but that doesn't render it necessarily a terrible 
sandwich. So I think this tracks. Funny name, Serious Sandwich. That's what they say. Okay. Well, we're going to do Super Bowl plus other stuff today. Okay. Whatever the other stuff is, we'll we'll get to that later. It's going to be fun. I want to know. I want to kick off right now because Dylan, on a previous show that we recorded this morning, he gave the halftime show six and a half, six point five. I bumped it to a seven. Bumped after, it to after a seven. Further thought. I, I remembered that Lil John and Luda really, really showed out. I'm curious where you you fell on this, KJ. Um, we're in the same. We're what? Are we both O two? What are you O three? Uh, I was O five. Uh, as I am the uh, youth of our show, was close. people will not believe that. As uh, you know. Uh, I'm probably too friendly with the uh, invisible enemy sugar than uh, than you two fellas are. So I age at a rapid rate. Okay. Anyways, um, I let me let me. I'm trying to frame this properly. I don't knock the uh, the artists for like some of the audio issues that were was going on in the first part of the the performance. I could do with or without all the guest shots. Usher was phenomenal. You know, Usher also played like a huge role in my youth. I think he was my older brother's like favorite artist growing up. Um, And in that 02 to 05 era, the hip hop R&B segment was like prime real estate. If you were not like credible as like a, aggressive rap thug enjoyer uh when it came to like social circles i'm gonna put that in my twitter bio you know like i love dmx loved uh you know masterpiece no limit any of that big fan but it was uh probably certainly more plausible for me to be into your ushers and marios and whoever else of that era so usher was the king for me Yes, this was elite stuff, and he could have came out and done one song, and I would have been satisfied. Someone brought up the the T Pain Usher interaction on a plane that happened uh, back in the day after T Pain blew up, and I forgot I didn't like Usher after that. He was a big jerk to him. Yeah, he told him he he ruined music. I yeah. believe was the t- what he just straight up said. He because ruined R and B because, because of, of the introduction of Auto Tune. Auto Tune. He went crazy mm-hmm. with it, and. Um, I remember being like, wow, now I don't like Usher now. That's not cool. Everybody likes T-Pain. But <laughs> last night, man, I got to say, the entire party T-Pain was... and Marshawn Lynch of music? Ooh, uh, okay. I'm going to let you unpack How so? That. How so? <laughs> uh, dreadlocks, uh, ethnicity, um, hmm? ability to vibe just in general. No, like just universally likable. And like their post-career... Yeah. Uh, like media engagement is way better than anything you saw like during their career. I didn't see one T Pain interview or like outside of his music videos like presence post career everywhere. Same for Marshawn Lynch. Anyways, go on. He did tiny. He did a tiny desk. <laughs> He's doing cover. He did a cover album in Aussie, sh- shouting him out. He says the best War Pigs cover of all time. That's insane. He did a whole tour that was like uh, called On the Road to Wisconsin, like where he thought it was you know, somewhat of a joke to be like, I'm just going to go do shows. And like that was finishing his tour in Wisconsin was the whole bit. Anyways, whatever. Usher. 
I want to say, long way of saying, I, th I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, when they brought out the roller skates, and um, I, I assumed Usher would not be partaking in the roller skating because you can't have the talent on skates, especially without a <laughs> helmet. Too much of a liability. He put the fucking skates on and that, continued the fucking party. That dude's smooth, though, man. He's got moves. Just, he can handle himself on some skates, man. Are roller rinks having a resurgence? No. The Atlanta skate culture is solid, too. You know, not to just point to the T.I., big boy, Megan Good, maybe? Movie uh, ATL. Uh, but I think that is a part of their, uh, like, you know, hip-hop culture in Atlanta is very closely tied to uh, skating, which is where uh, Usher hails from. Was ATL a prequel to ATM? Because I did see that. <laughs> no, ATM's usually a prequel to uh, upset uh, relationships. Oh, man. You guys don't have to take it there. You just don't. It, I know we always take shots at A and M. Sorry, he's not. They're not talking about the automatic teller machine either that you <laughs> withdraw money from. You catch me at the bank right now. I thought it was good. Did you think he got? Was it uncomfortably handsy with Alicia? Yes. Which is weird because, like, the entire time, me, an adult who's fully aware of like her marital status and her whole general like seductive vibe always like overly into everything she's saying like that's just who she is she sold the part uh and usher you know that's usher's role the like pre-role pre like performance video of like the may may, may create uh relationship issues the whole time like Swiss Beats, where he, where's he at we're gonna get a crowd shot of Swiss Beats well you know how you know the Swiss Beats story I believe he was married potentially with kid and she they had a, a little affair action and then oh. he ended up with alicia and he is still with swiss beats is still with alicia correct so, but i was watching that and i was just like oh, those hands are getting a little handsy i get i know we're entertainers so you got to sell it but and he had the glove on which makes it a little weird i get the glove we're giving a shout out to mj i'm assuming but come on man yeah 100 percent Leisha's great uh, though. The, the the roller skates was like the elevated moment of it for sure. They, they tried to do a little bit much with the camera work and like too much of like the Vegas different costumes. So I don't think that it landed like how well the choreography was in the first like third of that performance. So it's just a little bit of a mess from like a get the cameras where they need to be standpoint. They watched way too much of the uh the weekend's performance. But once he settled in and like got into like doing his bit, you're like, oh shit. Uh, I see why it was Usher and not like Genuine. Granted, Genuine's taking like a fall from <laughs> from Grace, but his you know his verses would not be a competition. Usher would win by like ten songs. <laughs> right. I lost a huge uh, prop bet. I had I put about a thousand dollars on a hologram Frank Sinatra making an appearance. It just didn't happen. Okay. Oh, from my Vegas, way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Vegas. Okay. It's a Vegas play as well. We sure. were talking earlier about why were there no Vegas people. No Blue Man Group. No BMG. No Wayne, Wayne Newton. I know KJ's a big Wayne <laughs> Newton guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, The Bachelor's Own. <laughs> he famously was on... That's a pretty big get for them, honestly. It was one of the more bizarre Bachelor cameos. But yes, they did have Wayne Newton. They went to Wayne Newton's house, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> like Vegas yeah, Vacation? I, I guess... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't even do like the uh, cheesy... 
tuxedo, bow tie, undone, like crooner at a night lounge look in the beginning. And I thought that would be an easy go-to. But I loved it. I mean, you know, performance fell right in the uh, oft-mentioned on this show or oft-mentioned by me uh, window of, I'm probably going to have to watch this on my phone, whether it be during bath time or uh, bedtime for the kids. But I went back and watched the entire thing, like uh, during a commercial break later in the game at full blast and was happy that I did because this was, it was great. I know we do content for a living, but I'm a guy who I'm in a Super Bowl gathering, which I was, and the halftime show comes on, or if it's, you know, anything, any of the preliminary stuff, I have to like be close to the TV so I can hear it. And I'm a guy who gets a little upset when people are talking over it and I can't fully hear the songs. Cause I want to know. I wanna I have to give an honest opinion. We're gonna talk about it. You know, people people tune in to us. They want to know what we thought about it. So I'm sitting there, and then meanwhile, people are like, Oh my God, do you remember where this reminds me of uh, eighth grade dance? I'm just like And you're like, shut up. Hey man, this guy, this guy's a legend of RB. Let's just listen to the song. Yeah, that I had just it's met that. Zachary Lounge to the max. Reminded me of Redbird Skateland. KJ, you know about that. <laughs> I was an Arlington Skadium uh, patron, but I'm very familiar with Arlington I know Arlington well. Skadium. Cool. All um, right. We'll put that to yeah, bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm glad that, it, you know, glad that it happened. I, I will be the first to also say, like, when he got picked, I was like, all right, cool. We'll see how it goes. I assumed it was going to be very guest heavy, but, you know, I was happy with what we got. I don't think enough people are familiar with her. H-E-R her and like her level of talent. She does a lot of these like feature appearances or like Grammy awards, like live performance type things. But yeah, I think once she was in one of the last Prince live performances, uh, playing guitar with him, like she's exceptionally talented, but also I don't think enough people are aware like who the hell it is. Um, and I was, I was happy to see her. I think people might know her best from her nationwide commercial. Nationwide, famously on <laughs> your side. On your side, that's true. Yeah, it's a great commercial. <laughs> My favorite part was Posty. I said that during Circling Back. This I guy loved, loves I loved Posty. I've, I thought he brought it. I haven't seen it. I need to go back and watch it. I'm sorry, I've missed it. I was too busy watching okay. Bikini Bottom during this segment of the you show. You can find it. It's I think it's available Did he uh, do via, well? the, via the internet. I've seen some mixed reviews. I'm a big Posty guy, so I might be a little biased here, yeah. but I thought he was awesome. It sounded very different, very Posty. And he's a talented dude, so I really enjoyed it. He has haters. He does. Um, who like doesn't matter. They won't like it. I he got a fit off too. Like he just looked good. He's trimmed now. I mean, he's he, he crushed it, man. KJ, are you rocking the upside down Dallas hat up in Madison yet? <laughs> was did he do the true brand hat? He's been he was rocking it the entire like in the in the suite and at the after party. They got so much out of that. Good for we, them. We need um, a we need a impressions count from our guy. Uh, what's his name? Ravel. SMU Ravel. has a collab with them. Yeah, SMU has a collab with them that uh, I've looked at. And I'm like, yeah, I'm. I really can't balance the hey, I didn't try uh, with very trendy hat. Um, I couldn't pull that off. <laughs> As for the game, thoughts on Brock Purdy. I want to start there. I think we've been fairly critical of uh, of Brock um, looking so Lee Harvey over there on the sideline. Oh my God, <laughs> felt bad for him at the end. Um, what do you think? I, I thought Brock Purdy played a a pretty clean, pretty good ball game. Thought the moment was not too big for him. 
he was flushed out of the pocket numerous times and had to make some plays. Uh, he looked he looked solid. Uh, he went up against, you know, Mahomes, mm-hmm. and that's not an easy thing to do. But uh, he gave his, his team a chance to win. He played a pretty solid, called a, a B a B plus brand of football. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Not turning it over is huge. Um, I really thought they were going to do it on that. Um, I can't remember if it was the final drive of regulation or o- overtime. But when Kittle went out with the shoulder and they brought in the backup and he got immediately like had that holding call that called it back and it was yeah put him in second and long. That kind of I thought well, that's it because I thought for sure they're going to score. They're, they're running the ball. Um. But I thought he was perfectly fine, and I don't know if you're a Niners fan, like how you feel, because like you know you've got guy the guys around him, but like, is this as good as Brock Purdy's gonna be? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's just a, it, what's his second year in the league, right? It's his second year, and he's gonna be on his rookie contract for what, like two more years? How, how does it work? They're they're gonna they're gonna be good for the next few years. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think he's reached his ceiling. I mean, he's probably limited athletically a little bit, but there's no reason to think he won't continue to get a little bit better. KJ, you're thinking. You're deep in thought. Um, I think in this system, which is I uh, assumedly like what we're going to judge him by, you know, most quarterbacks who find success early in their career, it's not like we're – I think like ba- Baker might be the outlier where like you're judging a person or a player – and then also assuming they may not be there indefinitely. Like when you land in uh, Cleveland, you maybe get judged and then move on. Um, like Dak, for example. Now, the um, the thing with uh, Brock Purdy is he's got one of the best like coordinator scheme coaches in uh, and, and Kyle Shanahan, similar to like you know Mike McDaniel or whatever down in, in in Miami, so he'll have success whether or not like he's going to be the reason this team like gets to a victory here. Who knows? I think him being a rookie, being on a rookie contract, um, and having that coach and you know a competent GM and John Lynch, like he is going to be in a position to succeed for as long as he's their starting quarterback. I don't think it'll have much to do with him specifically, though, if that's fair. And I don't I don't mean him as game manager, but it's going to be, be everything around him, kind of Dak-esque. <clears throat> sure. No, I agree with that. Does Christian McCaffrey, does it always look like he hits his head, like, way worse <laughs> than it appears? The like back he, of his head when he hit the back, is, when he hit the ground? Yeah, like, is that dude going to play another five years? Like, how long? So he had, how many years was he in Carolina? Three, four, four. I'm just what curious how long that dude can go because he looks, he always looks like he is so beat up he when he gets falls out. violently. It's a violent fall. You're right. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. And I'm always worried about concussions with that dude. Oh, um, he also refuses to wear any kind of like elbow tape. And he's always just, he's all, he has bloody arms every game. It's like throw some tape on there, player. Oh, he doesn't do tape. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. Uh, first year in the league was 2017, so five Damn. years with Carolina before being traded last year. This is his sixth year, seventh season, I should say. I'm uh, uh, seven of you know, the full season, so um, wow, 
Like yeah. he doesn't strike me as somebody who's like at the de- you know point of decline. Like, is he older than Zeke? And now, and now that I'm reading this, or are they the same age? That's a good question. Um, it, sorry, right. I've got the stuff up. I'm just, I'm. It's blowing my mind that I, I didn't think he'd been in the league. He had been in the league this long. He's got some miles um, on him, and running back miles count like three times receiver miles. You know, like he's. This is about the time when they start to decline. That dude's fun to watch, though. Zeke man. is one year older. Um, Interesting. I, I mean, his production yesterday was tremendous. I agree. He takes insane amounts of hits. Um, I don't know. I think that if they won the game, like it would have been great to see him be the MVP. And I yep. don't know if they would have given it to Purdy. Purdy played a a, a a good game. Like he was not the reason they lost. Um, and Christian McCaffrey, uh, Trent Williams, like we're the first people I've kind of felt bad for as soon as they lost. Like everybody else is like, yeah. I wasn't sad that Randy Gregory didn't get a ring. Dude, I keep forgetting Randy Gregory's <laughs> yeah. ended up over there. Um, he had an impact. He made a play. He, he did. He, yeah. was, he, he was placeless, yeah. I don't really understand what happened when he left Dallas. I always kind of felt bad for him because I know it was a, he was a big weed guy, and I know that hurt mm-hmm. him early on in his career. Um, but I don't know what he went. He went through Denver, then ended up at San Francisco. So, yeah, he made impacts too, man. Um but my question is, are y'all able to go into a game like that where you don't really care who wins and then just like watch it to the end and still not care like on the final drive? Or do you always pick up, like find yourself rooting for one team, like no matter what? Because I I went into it like I really don't care. Like uh, I've got reasons to not like either of these teams. But then I found myself like really pulling for – the 49ers, even though I've shit-talked Brock Purdy quite a bit in the last few weeks. I, I really didn't care who won the game. Didn't have a, a dog in this race, obviously. Uh, but I found myself rooting for San Francisco, and the reason is the opposite of what Randy said. He he roots for dynasties. I'm an anti-dynasty guy. We just saw one with you know New England, obviously. Now Kansas City is, seems to be well on their way. Probably already are, and you know Mahomes is still young, and they're, they're going to do – incredible things obviously if it's not my team i don't want to see another franchise experience that kind of (laughs) joy you know so i'm like all right let's san francisco obviously they have a pretty rich history themselves but nothing recently 1994 since 1994 so yeah i'm I'm like all right let's let's even it out a little bit it's a petty play kansas city can wait yeah they're gonna they have many more to come unfortunately so yeah i'm I'm anti-dynasty Unless it's my unless it's my team, of course. Okay, Jay, are you a hater like us? Um, oddly enough, I found, and it's probably Rasheed Rice connected. Like in the game, I was rooting for him to you know make plays, have an impact. You know, watching him get into it with Patrick Mahomes, I was like, "What the hell happened?" I was pissed that they didn't show the replay right at the end of regulation, and they show the replay, and like this game could have been over. Yeah, <laughs> very very clearly over where uh had that play been made but you know who am i to judge patrick Mahomes okay judgment. Yeah. were you were you thinking uh <laughs> russell wilson um uh, we thinking uh seahawks on the goal line against and uh pete carroll wants to give russ the glory instead of just giving the ball to marshawn and they want to yeah. instead and then this one they're forcing it to kelsey there when i know that's not what happened i know it's way more but i did have that thought once i once i saw that on twitter that 
oh, fuck, he was open. That's what they were bitching about right there. Part of him being open probably has to, to do with the reason that the play didn't go to him, too. Like, you know, it's not that they expect him not to make the play, but, like, you kind of leverage your defense in a manner to try to stop the biggest threat. Nobody's going to say that Rasheed Rice is a bigger threat than Travis Kelsey. And the play isn't designed to say, like, all five options are available all at the same time. So, like, if Travis Kelsey's your first or second check and Rasheed Rice is your third or fourth, it just it didn't get to him. It was an under-stressed throw. Um, and, and, again, the angle that I saw was not – you know, from behind the QB or anything of that nature, they still won. Um, all uh, I think that that's what led me to being like, great, Rasheed Rice is there. Let's see him have success. And, you know, when they won, I was happy for uh, SMU alum Lamar Hunt uh, and Rasheed Rice, but, you know, just naming names. I wasn't as annoyed by, like, the Taylor Swift thing as I thought I was. I was annoyed by the whole year, but, like, in the game, didn't care. I thought they did a good job of not overdoing it. Taylor, that is. You were watching the regular broadcast, I assume, because you were at a public event. Yeah. Unlike Randy and myself, who were watching Bikini Bottom for, I watched a good quarter, unless it was a pivotal play, which in the first you know quarter there were some key plays, but nothing worth going back to see. Uh of straight Nickelodeon broadcasts. Did anybody get slimed? <laughs> um, Randy, what were your thoughts? I mean, you said you watched I, a bit of it. I, um, I just watched the beginning for Sweet Victory. Uh, it, and it was very, yeah. it was a little cringy how like forced the player interviews were. So I was like, I can't watch this the whole time. And the announcers were SpongeBob and Patrick were like, one, the technology isn't perfect yet, so it's kind of hard to watch. And two, it's like you, these characters are trying to do improv, too, and it just didn't feel great. But they did have, like, CGI, a blimp, uh, sliming the crowd and stuff. Hell yeah. But, yeah, KJ Gotta watched more than, than I did. Um, They did the best with what they could. I mean, I watched that Toy Story broadcast a few months back um, where Disney Plus tried to do a live overlay of Toy Story characters as like the Jaguars and whoever they were playing that week. And that was a mess, but it was very ambitious. And I was like, okay, I get where you're going. It's not there yet. Maybe do a replay in this manner. But the Nickelodeon thing, you've got um, Noah Eagle, who's a respectable uh, um, announcer, analyst on the caller, I guess, announcer. And um, can't remember his name escapes me, but he does like 17 things for NBC nowadays. Uh, Nate Burleson mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. as color commentary. So like they had a decent booth plus Patrick and SpongeBob. I've watched <laughs> zero full episodes of SpongeBob in my life. Zero. It's uh, just behind my time. And then it became like this weird subculture. Same. Thing I just never got into. I only know it through the memes. Yeah, it just like even even before memes, like it was things that people were wearing. Like uh, you were probably our age would be people wearing Tweety Bird like slippers oh, to school. Oh yeah, a Taz shirt. Yeah, like it was that. Those are hot but for you know classes behind me were doing this with SpongeBob, and I was like, that's kind of weird, real weird. Uh, anyways, the biggest thing that stood out to me watching that broadcast because I know that's why everybody's here. 
they would cut to crowd shots that were not at the game. Yeah, that was weird. Because they're all dressed up. They would go to the crowd and it was clearly like daytime and people dressed up like with Patrick costumes on and they would use those as like crowd celebration shots. But something like in the visual of it, like the, the filter, the lighting was off, even like the sound was off. It just felt very janky. But then, you know, the game was the game. And they went to Taylor Swift every other minute is, I guess, where I started on that thought. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. I thought they were I thought they were tasteful. We got the uh, I don't think they showed the actual wine chug using doing that in quotes here. I think that was something that was on the Jumbotron and, and hit Twitter, unless I'm wrong. But um, no, it Wasn't was on Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Um, you know me. I was just I was just watching the uh, the coaches the coaches room. I'm, I like to watch the all twenty two. I like to see what's going on. Like what's the play behind the play? You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, overall thoughts. I, th- I thought it was a good Super Bowl, and I had people in another group text being like, "Dude, this game fucking sucks." And you, I was like, "It might be. Yeah, it's not a high scoring game through the first half, but you knew with the Chiefs in striking distance, you knew you were going to get a banger of an ending." You know that. Yeah, like, I was gonna, I was gonna say overall thoughts in the game. For me, watching a Chiefs game now is it's like the Brady effect. It's like if the Chiefs are within striking distance near the end of a game, you can you almost just assume they're gonna win. It's like okay, the, the you know Niners have been outplaying Kansas City for the majority of this game, but it's still really close. And fourth quarter comes, and I'm like, I it's just I don't see any way that the Chiefs are not going to find a way to win this game. You know. And even that like that that punt return where it hit off the guy's foot, you know, that turnover, I was like, yeah, this is – things are starting to go Kansas City's way. And then in overtime, you just knew that field goal was not going to be enough from San Francisco. Yeah. You just knew it. Yeah. 100%. Um, Dylan, we have a mutual friend who I'm in, a, in that group text with, and – my favorite thing that I saw last night at the end of the game, he's like, God, man, he's like, he's a cowboy fan. And he's like, man, it must be nice to have a clutch quarterback like that. And, and I was oh, like, yeah, on. it would be nice to have the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. That would be super dope, dude. Yeah. I just, <laughs> that pissed me off so bad. I'm like, yeah, that would be nice, man. It's true. Like, I mean, so of all the things to pick, like why pick just the quarterback? <laughs> The inherent problem with football, in my opinion, and this is, I'm, I'm getting a little too deep here. I no, understand. no, no. Here we go. The inherent problem with football is that the quarterback position has way too much influence on the game. You can have an offense of 10 just really good fucking players, and if your quarterback sucks, you're not going to be there at the end of the game. That's just how it goes. There's too much influence on the game. If you have a guy like Mahomes, and, and I know they have some, they have Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the game. Other than that, it's just they kind of just have some guys. But you just know that they're going to find a way to score. It's just it's just how it goes, man. It's 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 a bit frustrating for me. There are like seven really really good like at the top of their game quarterbacks in the NFL, like any given season about. Seven quarterbacks who can like go and win you a game. And if you have a guy like Mahomes, you're just always going to be there, always, no matter what. There's not another sport where like a guy Basketball, maybe you only have five guys on the court at a time. But the quarterback position is just so absolutely important. What about like a another team sport, like live, like golf? 
Like sure. the Smashers have got Brooks. Football, football in, in the Smashers. Because they yeah. can probably, you know what I mean? Like you always know if they've got Brooks right there, they got Brooksy. Is the name of their team really the Smashers? I, isn't it That's Team Smash? Terrible. GC Smash. Or Team, yeah, GC so Smash. God, I hate Liv. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I mean, yeah. I don't know, I I, I don't know if I'm that. complaining really. It's just like a, it's, it's, it's a bit frustrating for me. No, it, it's. And plus, the way that most teams are evolved. in the same position. Which, like, yeah. The way offenses have evolved over the years, it didn't always used to be as influential as it is now. But now it's just such a passing league. If you have the guy under center, you're going to have a chance at the end. Facts. I would add that you also need a coach as well, which, you know, seems assumed. But I think that's a huge difference in, you know, you were mentioned there's like seven in the league. I agree, but not all seven are like in the correct like quarterback yeah, coach combo uh, scenario. Um, and we see when that limits you. One thing I was getting to think about, uh, last night, I don't know if y'all, you know, if you saw the, um, you know, game is over. I thought it was phenomenal that they got me Cole Hardman to admit that he kind of blacked out in the moment Yeah, that was because cool. Hey, I didn't know the overtime rules. Sounds like I wasn't alone based on feedback from some of the players. I didn't fully understand that they were a touchdown. Wasn't sudden death anymore. But he didn't react after he caught the pass. That stood out to me. After that, they were following Andy Reid, and I think to get him with like Tracy Wilson to do the post game, and they were being very forceful to the camera and to people being like, not right now, we'll go to the stage. And even Jim Nance, I think, acknowledged it. Like Andy Reid wants to do his comments at the stage. And I started to get the vibe of like, oh, are we getting retirement talk? Well, all of that got squashed afterwards. Both he and Travis Kelsey are coming back. I want to ask the question, what if a year from now or so, let's say Mahomes goes back to Super Bowl next year, doesn't win, and then he wins his fourth in two years? You know, I guess that would put him in the Super Bowl both years, but whatever. Let's say he adds one more sometime next two, three years. And then he, he says, you know what, I'm retiring. Pulls a Barry Sanders, Megatron, whatever and retires at 31-ish. So he wants to take kids to school, you know, be with them. Be with Brittany. Know, in the important years of their life. You know, uh, support Brittany's career as an SI swimsuit model, whatever it may be. Yeah. Theoretically, would he, again, I guess, what would your reaction be? What would you think about that? Because my brain's like, okay, well, could he do that, retire for like four or five years, come back at like 38? And say fuck it, I've got another four years to play. Like, because people still talk about Andrew Luck coming back. <laughs> um, yeah, and also Aikman had a chance to come back. Yeah, there I think were with the several years where they wanted Aikman to come the back. The Chargers, I think, Nor was it Norv Turner out there tried to get him out of retirement like a couple years. And he ago? said he considered it, right? He went. Yeah, out there. I think I think if it wasn't for the concussions, but that would be dope. I don't know what he would do. It would be kind of tight if he went uh, if he went MJ on him. Because he he was a uh, legit baseball player, right? That'd be a ridiculous way to get like the whole. Like I know his dad had a DUI, but that is not like a way to resolve that issue to go MJ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> kind of walked into that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that would be. I think it would be dope. But even if he doesn't come back, just retire it like in your early thirties and be like. Look, you, I really, I never had, he never had a bad year. You know what Four I mean? Super like, Bowls, like, there was never a time where it's like, oh, he's washed. 
That would be that would be very dope. I don't think that happens, but no, that's interesting because you forget that. How old is Mahomes again? Twenty eight. That's crazy. Jeez. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if he won a fourth, but four thirty, we're at thirty. Like, I'm sure there's going to be the the next discussion is like, hey, can you three peat? B, we're going to turn into like a Tiger Nicholas thing. Like, can you get to Brady's ring count? Is like where the narrative is going to go. And I'm sure he cares about all that, but like, let's say Andy Reid retires in two years. If I'm Mahomes, like, I'd consider it. Granted, they're paying you $100 million and letting you build Whataburgers wherever. And, you know, you can adopt every Texas Tech fan as like a secondary team fandom. Um, still bitter. But uh, so I don't know why he would, but like, Put me on the board for above 0% possibility. KJ putting Mahomes on retirement watch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't that, see it. Don't see it. That last play, by the way, the, the winning touchdown was so dope. Um, and you knew. Loved every bit of it. You knew. Um, but the craziest thing about it was it's really, really hard to be a hard man when you're blackout. Uh, okay. Nicole Hardman. Okay. Got it. Oh, you know, they were in that same play with the whiskey dick. They're in that same play last year for the go ahead <laughs> touchdown against Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. So somebody who's the DC out in San Francisco. It's I'm Steve calling Wilkes. for, I'm calling for his job. Not Steve Wilkos. It's Steve, wait, Steve Wilkes, Jerry Springer's uh security guy. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I'm not. I'm not really calling uh, for his job, not yet. I need to go watch Kadarius the all twenty-two. Tony, though, it was Kadarius Tony that uh, yeah. scored last year, which makes you wonder, like, without his, you know, BS this year, like, would he have been? You know, would that have been his exclamation point for Michael Hardman to do it and have started the year on the Jets? I thought was cool. Um, it did make me quickly realize, like, Tony had a pretty good Super Bowl. He did force in a Des reference. Like he hung on to a conversation just to make sure people reminded, like reminded about Des getting screwed. I had that. That's the first thing I thought of on that, on that catch. And people were mad. I saw people like big, big Jay journos on Twitter being like, why even, why even like throw out that that might not have been a catch? Because I think most people, (laughs) most people thought that probably wasn't a catch. Most people don't have that in their muscle memory yet that, Oh, the rule changed. And that's actually a football move, whatever. Um, I thought it was fine. KJ, were you aware of the, we touched on this on circling back. Were you aware of the playoff overtime rules this year? No. In fact, I was yelling at my TV. Well, not only was I not aware, but like when they explained it, I didn't fully grasp or understand. They didn't give you the overlay 99% of the time for the generic overtime rules, both in college and in the NFL during the regular season. They throw a graphic on the screen. You didn't get that this time. I, the ref announced it, corrected himself in a manner, and then Jim Nance was like, I appreciate that he said that this way and, and mentioned this, and yeah. I didn't fully understand. When the ref announced the new rules, I was thinking to myself, he's wrong. That's not how it goes. I didn't realize that they had completely changed it this year. Not only that, Kyle Juszczyk and Eric Armstead, both of the 49ers, mm-hmm. post-game presser, they both said, I didn't know the rule. Like, I was totally confused what was going on there. Even a reporter even followed up with Eric Armstead and said, 
well, did, did you guys not discuss this like before the game? And he was like, he kind of like didn't, you know, like bluntly answer that question. He's kind of like, I, I just didn't know. Like we, I just didn't know what the rule was, which I thought was. Yeah, he didn't know the strategy or whatever. Pretty interesting. And the coaches mentioned that they didn't tell it to the team either. And also, so the 49ers won the coin toss for overtime and they elected for offense first. Some people mm -hmm. think it's because the defense was worn out. They've been on the field a bunch, but it would make sense from a strategy standpoint to go defense first, right? It similar similar to college, experience. just like yeah. college situation. Yeah. I thought that was very just kind of glossed over and very interesting. It's a, that's, I, that's on the NFL. It's on CBS for like, cause I don't think the general viewer knew. I certainly didn't. I was screaming like, at 3.45 or so left in overtime of like, you're going to have to start watching the clock. Like, because I knew that the clock wouldn't matter if it was tied, but I'm like, but they've kicked a field goal. If the clock expires and you're down three, like I thought that would matter. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. thought, yeah. you know, it does then become like we've played 15 minutes and you're still losing. You don't carry it into the next quarter. Obviously I was wrong there. Tony Romo um, actually did a good job of explaining why they weren't panicking when the clock was like under yep. a minute at the I end. I thought of the that first. was a highlight of his That's night. that's when I got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the moment I, where I, I finally caught up. I really don't like the fact that that's how the game um the overtime plays out. I think you should be able to end the Super Bowl in a tie. <laughs> I think if that's the way <laughs> if that's the way the game ends, that's the, why why keep making rules and and why you know you're basically giving a lifeline to these two teams that refuse to win like why give a, a w to someone who refuses to go out there and take it why not just say hey this one neither of these teams wanted it just rings for everybody like here we go no no rings no rings you get a banner but no rings yeah nobody wanted win. it hard enough you got to go get it it's like when you uh here's an analogy a combat sports analogy people will love this in mma when you're fighting the champ and let's say you win the first few rounds and you get to five round fight, you go out there and coast through the last two, but the champ brings it on. No, you got to go out there and take that belt. So place that into the Super Bowl. Now explain what I was trying to say, Don. I'm just updating, run it back real quick. Dave wanted a tie. I want a tie to be in play in the Super Bowl. Okay. I want someone it. to earn it. It kind of feels like, I don't know. It just feels like handouts. It's like, okay, I guess we'll just keep playing more so some, somebody could win the fucking game, even though nobody really wants to. That's just my thought. I don't know, man. I like to throw out different things. Why the change in format this year? Why? Why? <laughs> uh, the They're Bills always tweaking. Script game writers. of last year. Huh? The, the Bills-Chiefs AFC title game last year. Mm. Tremendous game. One of the best games of the playoffs. Uh, back and forth. The Chiefs score to tie to go to overtime, and then they get the ball first in overtime, go down the field and score, and uh, oh, Josh okay. Allen never got a chance to respond. Nice pool. Nice pool, but KJ. But surprising, like, this was the quickest I'd seen a rule change, and then kind of ironic that it didn't come up in any of the – it was in place for the other playoff games in the playoffs. They just didn't have any overtimes right. in just which – It just didn't, yeah, occur. Where it came up. Sure. Um, Tremendous call out that that Tony Romo handled that well, and then he explained the final play really well. And so maybe that's what my lasting memory of his performance was. But you know, he did both of those things phenomenal until he force fed Jim Nance. Great year, I love uh, I love you, Jim. 
Rare Jim Nance L last <laughs> night with the 333 yards and the address to this stadium. Did you see oh that? It was it, that, that was such a reach. The, like, come on, man. When it was tied at 19, 19 is usually a winning hand in this town. And then Tony screwed it up by like stretching it. Well, three more and he bust. And they like went back and forth. I was like, just stop. Go. Yeah. That's that's where Tony's at <laughs> his worst, dude. I thought he overall like breaking down like some of the plays and why certain things happen. Like, this is why this worked. This is the play that Andy Reid, when he gets giddy about like looking at Andy Reid's offense and being like, this is why he had so much room to run up the middle. I'm like, dude, hell yeah, Tony. This is this is vintage Romo. And then he's just trying to like go back and forth with old man Nance. Then it's it's at its worst. And that's what people that's the only thing people remember. Nobody cares that he was right about like a false start and why it happened, why the cornerback made that like, drew him into that. It's all you remember is just the awkwardness. He did a good job explaining yeah. why people were taking timeouts too. Like why the like Purdy or like Mahomes like call the timeout right there. Like <clears> they didn't <throat> like to set up. This is why he didn't like it. This is why they called the timeout there. Like that made so much sense to me, and I would not know that at all. They're saying that they're going to um, relegate Tony to the Nickelodeon broadcast next Super Bowl. <laughs> I like Tony. Can you imagine that? I still like him <laughs> in the booth. No, I I do too because I like him. I can't imagine if I was not a fan of the person because uh, I give him a lot of leeway there just because I, I like him. But um, before we move on to breaking Zach Johnson news. Mm-hmm. Can I give a shout out to our good friends at Prize Picks? Mm-hmm. What's Prize Picks? Maybe you're wondering. Well, how about this? Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season's here. You can now pick combo projections uh, across the hockey and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, uh, let's say LeBron James and maybe Tyler Sagan, like a a 10 and a half combo of uh, three pointers made and points scored. How about something like that? Or you want to get real wild, play along some of the prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You could find community plays under the promos tab of the app and view entries from some of the biggest names in prize picks community each week. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for uh, hockey games and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second. That player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash dip. And use code DIP for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash DIP. Use code DIP for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I got breaking Zach Johnson news. This is going to blow you guys. Oh, boy. What happened? KJ, did you watch any of the – I know Dylan did a little bit, or he's at least aware of what went down at the Waste Management, you know, the rowdy tournament. They have a lot of fun. They have a lot of rowdiness. Um, I know Dustin Johnson won the no. individual event uh, in Vegas. I didn't see who won waste That's, management. Okay. Waste management. I'll give you a hundred guesses. Would you get the name Nick Taylor? Because yes, Nick. Taylor I saw won. the name today, and you could have given me two hundred, and I wouldn't have been able to give it back to you. <laughs> okay, the crowds. Long story short, the crowds this week were—they're always uh, pretty wild. There. That's kind of their whole bit. 
They've got the stadium seating on the par 316th. It's wild. Spray beer if somebody aces it. They love birdies. You had the, you had the bad weather that delayed it um, early in the week, and I think that kind of contributed to some of the wildness. Uh, you kept seeing videos of, like, Billy Horschel yelling at people in the crowd for talking during, um, you know, his playing partner's shot. And then you saw the Zach Johnson interaction with a fan. Um, well, he did a – he answered a few questions on it. Somebody – shout out to uh, Luke Athens um, for just mm -hmm. tagging me in this as I look at Twitter. Good dude. Tell me if this is a, a good look or a bad look. Interviewer. Obviously, we saw your interaction with the fans there. Just wondering if you felt like, obviously, this tournament embraces the fans, but if you felt like it crossed the line a little bit this week. Zach Johnson, if it crossed the line this week, what's the line? I'm asking you a question. That's for you to set it. Did you feel like things were over the top in a way that was inappropriate over the course of the week, especially on Friday and Saturday here? The tournament has been inappropriate and crossed the line since I've been on tour, and this is my 21st year. <clears throat> question. At some point, was that a good thing, or has it never been your cup of tea? Bottom line is, I don't have to play if I don't want to, but I keep coming back. Question, why do you keep coming back? I don't dislike the golf course. I like the greens. I try to avoid playing on the West Coast, and these are overseeded Bermuda, so that's usually how I base my schedule. And usually, it's bouncy, so I can even get, get loft to my hands. But this week, it was wet, so typically, I base it on the golf course. course okay. So basically... It's not his cup of tea. I wasn't expecting wow. him to give that Gosh, reason for why he doesn't like to play on the West Coast. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I, I yeah, I, you know, obviously I'm not the, the caliber of golfer that Zach Johnson is, but I never consider uh, the type of grass and how bouncy the greens are when I'm deciding whether or not to play a course. At some point, I don't know where the line is, but you have people falling out of the rafters. That did happen. Shout out to her. I hope she's okay. <laughs> you have fights in the stands. It's to the point now where how do you reel it in because it's taken on a life of its own. I think the Thunderbirds probably need to do something about it. The fabulous Thunderbirds. I don't know what the Thunderbirds are. Um, I'm assuming they're ashamed because at some point someone's they're going to get really, really hurt or worse. You've got a woman falling down 20 feet. Uh, yeah, they're right. He needs he needs to just not play this tournament. I think. It's not his thing. And no, I, they not. do need to lock it up because it's. I have no desire to go to that tournament. Watching everything yeah. and watching the crowds and watching how hard it is to go from one hole to another, and you got just dudes just but it pants beers all around. If you do play in this tournament, mm. you you have to expect that it, people are going to be chirping at you. You're going to see, you know, people funneling beers in the stands and yelling and throwing hats onto the the green. You know, when you stick one, all kinds of shit like that. That he knows that this is what goes on. Maybe it's gotten worse over the years. That's certainly possible. Um, but his his reaction to it, Whatever was said. I don't know exactly what was said. Apparently, he was being chirped about the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Uh, Many way. people blame him for so the... So undeserved. Uh, yeah, I think... Uh, no, it had to have been. I can only imagine what they were chirping him, like, specifically, <laughs> but... Look at the size of your head, Zach. That shit would get okay. to me, too. That shit would get to it me. It would get to me. If I'm inside the ropes and I'm like, you know, this is like this is how I make a living. Like, I'm trying, I, I'm trying to go low. I'm focusing on some asshole who's, you know... 13 Miller lights deep is just yeah. like just talking shit like dude fuck well, you. Well, <laughs> I threw this out as a joke on Twitter, but I actually kind of more I've thought about it like the idea of like should be factored in how you how you react to this kind of interaction when you're getting chirped this kind of tournament when you're picking people for a Ryder Cup because you're going to get chirped if you're in Europe. You're going to get chirped probably worse and that's part of the deal and they know that, but if you can't not 
melt down. Uh, maybe you don't want a guy with thin skin uh, on your Ryder Cup team. Maybe. You know, that might have been like the way that Zach could have uh, spun this positively. And like, it's a lot, but you know what? We fell short at the Ryder Cup, and those are a lot too. Comedy events like this help prepare you for, you know, those settings. So, you know, I didn't respond well today. I'll do better next time. Like, he could have taken that so much more positively, even if he didn't handle it well in the moment. He could have handled it phenomenally by uh, bringing that point up. Um, it, it really, I think I saw the comment of like, this is exactly what Liv thinks it is. And it does make me wonder, like, I know that Liv probably set out trying to recreate this to some degree in so many other places. And obviously there's a zillion reasons as to why they haven't. But if you're the venue, you don't want to change anything because you're printing money. If you're the sponsor, if you're happy with it, you're not going to change anything again because of the money. You know, people talk about waste management constantly. So uh, next time that you're contracting a trash and or recycling services for your local business, you would think of them. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, nothing's going to change unless the PGA cares, but the PGA is not in a position to start like preaching decorum uh, in current day golf. Like that's just, it's just not going to happen. So they'll forget about it in two weeks when something exciting happens at the Valero. Okay. <laughs> Good pull. Shout out to the Valero. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know my, I know my sketch. For the record, the the Thunderbirds are the philanthropic wing of the tournament. So oh. it's like they're uh, who are the ones at the Nelson? They actually do raise the a ton of Dallas money. The Dallas Salesmanship Club. Salesman's Club, yes. Yeah. Salesman's Salesman's Club. Club. Yeah. So that's I hate that I know that. Dude, Dallas guy, Dallas ish. Another good pull yeah, from KJ. Yeah, yeah. Dude, KJ <laughs> with all the pulls. Um. We don't have to really talk anymore golf. I just wanted to, I saw that and thought it was pretty uh, The two corn fairy ones, because we talked about there being a 57. We, you know, there's a lot that doesn't matter in this story. Um, then there was a 58 the next day. My dumb, generic, casual golf observer question is, how does this sort of thing happen so regularly? Now that there were two of those, does it seem like it was just how this particular course was playing? Yeah, I'm guessing very favorable conditions contributed to those low scores. Does but, that devalue the yeah. devalue the uh, the sub sixty round? If you, you fire a fifty seven and some dude, and you're like, holy shit, like that's <laughs> unbelievable, and then the next the next day someone fires a fifty eight, like okay, well fuck you, man. Was there really a fifty eight? I thought it was a sixty. I thought it was a sixty, which also. is still low. Oh, yeah. was it a sixty? Oh, you uh, might be right. I don't I know. I guess I saw the that there was a low score in some in the tagline or whatever. I thought the subheading of the article was that uh, uh, it was one, you know. One worse, oh. whatever. But it might have been 60 either way. Corn Ferry sees two sub-60 rounds in the same God. week. Is that another good pull from KJ? Holy shit. Hold on. Hold on. I stay in my golf shit. That's crazy. Uh, Can I quick hit the uh, other football stories we have here? Or do we want to package this into a... Uh, sports party yeah let's just let's just knock those out we can uh, run it back and get on home okay oh sorry i didn't know if we were uh <laughs> notice doing, uh, running back music. i, didn't, I <laughs> apologize i saw the head nod i was waiting on the music i didn't hear it my bad i was waiting uh, to hear kobe kobe got his statue 
19 foot Kobe Bean Brian, aka Black Mamba statue, has been erected uh, outside of the crypto.com arena, uh, where you can see Kobe Bryant pointing to the sky. Ironically, because he's because um, he's passed away. Oh man, is that the irony? NFL man. Hall of Fame. Dude, just can't. You're not going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he's going with that. Yeah, I know. I think so. It just he just put us in an awkward spot here. They should have made it a uh, half Kobe, half actual like snake. That would have been sick. If instead of like a ball, he I haven't seen the statue, but what if he was shooting? A ball that had like a snake head. Just throwing around bit ideas. I know. You see be- what his wife said? No, but I'd like to. I'm a big fan of her. Uh, that she said, if you have complaints about the statue, I'm sorry, but he actually chose. He chose like the positioning of the statue. Like he designed it himself. So he goes, if you have complaints, I'm sorry, but it was up to him. <laughs> okay, so uh, sorry, Vanessa. I just want, I want a little more Mamba. Uh, that's a phenomenal response, and I'm glad to see Vanessa still very online, so hopefully she doesn't see this. Um, <sighs> Hall of Fame NFL class got announced. It just makes me feel old. I don't yeah. have particular opinions about anybody on this list, but I would probably fail estimating like how recently any of these players played. Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, Devin Hester uh were the most recent inductees to play there may be a couple additional olds on the list but uh yeah these teams are getting too familiar Mm. not on the list my favorite player andre johnson makes me feel yeah okay that checks out that's one that hits home Uh, a little bummed about darren woodson probably my favorite cowboy uh during those years but maybe next year i don't know I don't even know if he deserves I don't know, man. I just like the guy. 28. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a good dude on a team that was like stabbing people with scissors and stuff. Just shout out to Darren Woodson. Shout out to the playmaker. He's like 40-year-long 40, 40 like endorsement contract with like a Dallas-based accident and injury like chiropractor. It's, it's the longest-running local sponsorship <laughs> ever. Yes, you're right. It's I still see it when I go home to my parents' house. It's like K Clinic or something. Um, Bill O'Brien, I think we talked about this, but I can't remember if it was in our show meeting or uh, on the show. Took the Ohio State OC job and now is the Boston College head coach. So shouts to Ohio State. I haven't seen who they're replacing him with. But in other Ohio State news, let's do that one and then come back to the the next DC hiring. The Kirk D. Herbstreet. Yeah, Kirk Herbstreet getting some criticism uh, for tampering is i don't know if that word perfectly describes what's going on here but uh dylan rayola who's the five-star quarterback who originally committed to ohio state decommitted Mm -hmm. committed to georgia i guess a story came out that he was considering going to nebraska to be coached by dave's boy that rule yeah hey what's going on i I don't know if i guess herb street had a pre-existing relationship with the family but apparently he called rayola's dad he's like Nebraska is a good spot. He needs to go ahead and decommit from Georgia and go to Nebraska. And Rayola's dad was quoted this. He's, I've, I've got who, who wrote it up, but he was quoted as like basically airing it out that he, he did this. And so, uh, yeah, some folks are not happy with Kirk and influencing where a, uh, a high school prospect is going to play his college ball. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything ethically wrong with it. I mean, I, I still have more issues with him and uh, his Florida State 
calling out Florida State and Florida State fan base during that whole thing, during the, the playoffs or lack thereof for Florida yep. State. But it sounds like they were, there was actually a relationship there. So he's allowed to give his opinion to a friend. Of, yeah, I don't know if there's and much And he's here. always been a big Matt Rule guy, um, even back to the um, Temple and Baylor days. So a couple notes on it. Uh, Dylan Riola's dad is Dominic Riola, who's a um, former lineman for the Lions. Uh, several 14 years with the Lions in NFL, all pro uh, lineman. Um, played at Nebraska. So when... Dylan Riola had originally decommitted from Ohio State. Nebraska was up there, so it wasn't completely out of the blue that he went to Nebraska. Uh, The other quick note that I was not aware of is Dylan Riola played quarterback for former Detroit Lions slash Dallas Cowboy quarterback John John Kitna in Burleson, Texas. Oh, I thought it was Waxahachie. Because he he did Waxahachie briefly, but he also was at uh, uh, Burleson. For the Elks. One of my favorite uh, backups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to him in this family? Um, Shout out to them. I don't know if it was. Did something. There's he's something. been cleared. He's somewhere in another school or something like that. Okay. Uh, his son was busted like for having discord uh, exchanges of photos of non of age people. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I guess Final to- note. I'm just saving people the Wikipedia click. Uh, Dallas Cowboys have hired absolute psychopath Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. Um, thoughts, feelings, emotions. Cool. <laughs> Wish it was like a cool, Former. young, edgy guy, but he's a he's a good coordinator. He's not. He's it's a perfect Cowboys hire for them. You could not have more of a red ass uh, in like the truest of the sense as your coordinator. Great coach by all accounts. I'm just going to be very interested to see because Dan Quinn does not strike me as that guy. Um, He's a not that coach. I know the personalities of uh, Trayvon Diggs or Michael Parsons, but they don't strike me as like, I mean, I guess one played for Saban and the other was at Penn state. So it's not like they haven't dealt with like systems and hard asses, but uh, is this neither strike me as NFL pros and stars. It's like people who want a heart, like a, a somebody like Zimmer, but we'll see. Is it done as of the last couple of hours? Yes. Okay. Oh, it says it's not done. Yeah, that's right. Adam Schefter I'm, is saying it's the deal is not done, and Rex Ryan is also in play. Now I'm seeing Cowboys agree to terms. Oh, fuck. Schefter walked it back two hours ago. It's going to be him. They're not going to bounce on Zimmer for Rex Ryan, right? That's a th- I don't know. Um, I don't think Rex Ryan would be a terrible hire, to be honest with you. It's just weird that they also had Rob Ryan here. Do you really want that <laughs> personality? Rex has been out of coaching, but I think, I think you, you know. McCarthy does not want that personality on his I guess staff. it's but not done as, an hour ago, Mike Florio, so who knows? As we've learned, uh, it, the coach really doesn't have the say on uh, who his coordinators will be when you're in Dallas. That's one That's of the cool so things strange. about Dallas. Um, oh, finally, Chip Kelly is your OC at Ohio State, KJ. Yes, yes, I'm, I've – Fully forgot that that news. That is wild ass. Good get. Great pull, Dave. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, Ohio State conference mate UCLA. That's a sick hire. That's a sick hire. Have to say, Dylan's just fucking typing. That's the fastest you've ever typed. I know. That was, that was serious typing. That was a run it back edition. <laughs> All right, let's person. run it back. Okay, let's run it back. Of course, that's the segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. Dave ate the biggest sandwich in Austin, Texas for lunch. 
Facts. People forget Usher was a jerk to T-Pain that one time. The Atlanta skate culture is solid per KJ. They've wanted to they've wanted a tie to be in play in the freaking Super Bowl. KJ with a few really solid pulls this episode. KJ made a really awkward reference to Kobe being deceased. And finally, Dave with a decent pull himself at the end there. Yes. Which I just typed in about 20 seconds ago. Yeah. And that concludes Run It Back. Hells yeah. All right. No more streams. Sorry. We'll be back next year, though. Maybe we'll do some impromptu streams when the Mavs are in the finals or something. Hey, what's <laughs> up with that? Uh, any parting words? It's been fun. Tremendous season of football. I will see you fellas for the USFL season that starts at some point in the future. Who cares? Okay. Well, I don't know if that's genuine. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. I just I forgot. All right. I bye. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips. When my team wins a big game, it's good. But when my team doesn't win the big game, you better look out, Buster. I'm a loose cannon. This is not good at all.